Welcome to One Man's Opinion, brought to you by the Elite Fantasy, Fantasy Guru, and EliteSportsBetting.com. And now, here's your host, Jeff Manns. All right, welcome in, everybody. This is another episode of the podcast and Sweeping the Nation. It is indeed One Man's Opinion. Thank you, one and all, for downloading, subscribing, liking, favoriting, uh, whatever else you do, making sweet gent- yet gentle love to this podcast. I appreciate each and every one of you for doing that. I love the fact you guys are commenting on iTunes and Spotify and all the different places and the, the Google Play Store. Uh, those comments actually help. I mean, they really do. So if you could like it and favorite and subscribe and all that good stuff, that does mean the world to us. We are going to be bringing this podcast and maybe another one. Another show? I don't know. Possibly going to happen very, very soon before the start of this football season. So be on the lookout for that one. This does not affect the SiriusXM relationship or anything like that whatsoever. But welcome to it. This is episode 166. I am Jeff Manns. You hear me weekday afternoons right there on SiriusXM Fantasy Sports Radio Channel 87. I host a little show called Elite Sports on channel 87 it is from 4 to 6 p.m eastern time though i think it's three weeks away from us moving to 3 to 5 p.m eastern time that's not going to slow us down whatsoever can't wait to just keep going i love doing shows i love grinding it out cannot wait for the fantasy football expo canton ohio if you guys are in the area i will be there defending my championship from last season in person doing shows playing flag football it's going to be a blast if you guys can get out there you could also find my work over at fantasyguru.com that's the only place to find my work quite frankly 2023 fantasy football draft guide is live and it's ever growing the 2023 manifesto that is my regular draft plan that is my annual draft plan where i go through that is the my, my entirety, that's everything that I'm doing. Everything that I'm, that is my soul poured in to that article. And the good news is it goes round by round. It goes position by position. It goes league format by league format. Like I don't miss a base really within there. I'm sure there's always a league format that'll fall through the cracks somehow. But the good news is we do hit every single possible topic and the players are, they are very evergreen, meaning they are good in almost all formats. I'm, you know, very, every now and then there's a player or two that you don't, you like in one and not in the other, you know, PPR versus non PPR. And obviously things like second quarterbacks and IDP. I mean, anybody with a functioning brain knows that stuff. But yeah, folks, I cannot wait to share that with you. This is, probably be listening to this still before it's coming out on the 31st of July. That is Monday afternoon. So uh, check that out exclusively at fantasyguru.com. While you're there, 30 fantasy football strategy podcasts in 30 days, we are cranking them 30 podcasts with every single topic from auction leagues to teams, to off season, to best ball dynasty, myself, Ray Flowers, Ted Schuster, Armando Marsal, Tyler Beaker, Russell Clay, Phil Backer, Rich Mileto, all of us are on the mics and breaking it down for you 
in those podcast updated rankings and projections and all the my guru tool a full service 24 seven discord where you can ask me and our entire staff questions folks this is all available to at fantasyguru.com and if you get the elite seasonal package or higher that means you will have a free ticket to fantasy football training camp august 18th that's again exclusive event at fantasyguru.com it's all day it's interactive me the entire staff talking football with you from every angle we will talk basketball we will do dynasty we'll do dfs we'll do betting there's so much that we will get to during fantasy football training camp it was a huge success last year so we're rolling it back out and when you get into training camp you don't have to be there on that friday the 18th you could watch all the videos and take your time and go through it throughout the summer throughout the season you could watch them all on that saturday or that sunday you could binge watch the episodes go back to them you uh you get an exclusive discord chat room just for that event. As a matter of fact, that's open to you all season long. And you get a ticket to the Elite Mafia Fantasy Football Championship, our exclusive massive fantasy football league where there are league prizes and overall prizes and we draft and play against each other and the entire staff of fantasyguru.com. So exciting times ahead. Get there, fantasyguru.com. Remember that promo code radio20 if you want a little discount aru. Um, over there. So check it out. All in package. That's the DFS and the betting. Folks, you know you want the you want the all in pack. Just get the this is a a uncensored podcast. So a let me say you want the whole fucking thing. You know you want the whole fucking thing. Of course, you're gonna want DFS. Of course, you're gonna want betting. So best to do it while the price is the best it's going to be. So get it there. That all in package. Follow me on social media at Jeff underscore Mans on Twitter, the Jeff Mans everywhere else, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and TikTok. I don't know what Elon Musk is doing with Twitter right now. If you want to go to threads, go to threads. Yeah, I, that's a really peculiar thing. You have to be like some kind of fucking imbecile. Really, honestly, you, you really do. You have to be a fucking imbecile to like take Twitter, change the brand. It's really fucking stupid. Like even like Coke too, at least you kept Coke, right? At least you said it's too. If you wanted to say Twitter too, fucking dumb, really dumb. But at least yeah, it's Twitter. What are you doing? This has to be a joke. We're all being played or memed or something. Absolutely fucking ridiculous, but I don't give a shit. All right. I really don't. Today, I have a lot on my mind. I have a lot to talk about. I hope I can get to it all. I don't want to take up too much your your all precious time, but uh, I'm going to break down several things. I promised you that when my Scott Fishbowl draft was done, I would take you through my own personal draft. I'll do that. I don't know. And that's something I actually really would like to hear the feedback from you guys. Are you interested when I do a draft to get like my updates and my thoughts on it? Like, is that something that you're still interested in? We used to do that. I mean, we still do it. We do it all the time. That's been a staple of our content 
not only at fantasyguru.com, but everywhere I've ever been. I've always talked about them, but I, I don't ever know if I don't want it to become something where, it, you know, sometimes I hear other folks talk about it and break down their drafts. And I'll be honest, and I've said this publicly before, I think a lot of folks do that and draft and break down drafts just so they don't have to do real work. All right. Or they want to stroke their own cocks. You know, I mean, they want to just, it's just roster baiting all over the fucking place. Like that's, that's another thing that I think happens quite a bit where, Oh, I got this guy. I got fucking this guy. And I don't want this about me. I want to help you. That's what this podcast is all about. So if getting inside my mind and seeing what I do helps you, big thumbs up. Hell yes. If not, if you think maybe it's just indulgent or you're not getting enough from it, then fuck it. I'm not going to, you know, I won't waste time doing it. I'll do it on the show today, but I definitely want your feedback. It won't take up a lot of the show or so I hope. I also want to talk about some of the news around training camp. The training camp has opened across all 32 NFL teams. We'll discuss some of the running back dilemmas, Saquon Barkley's new contract, things like that. I also want to talk about injuries happening, guys like Kadarius Tony, who I was have been high on this offseason and preseason, how my thoughts are changing or not changing with that. I want to get into the running back grid over at fantasyguru.com, tell you uh, what all the running back rankings are for 2023. Now, when I say running back rankings, what I mean about this is the systems the environments for running backs. Now, this has a nasty little habit of when I rank the systems and the teams, it's a ranking of the teams and how good their system, their environment is for a running back. Okay? So, and the things that go into this include, yes, obviously the amount of overall fantasy points, but not just by one guy. Oh, Stecker is great. Well, that's great, but when he leaves the game, which he only plays 60% of snaps, do, do the backup score copious amounts of points? Yes or no? Answer is no. Um, when, you know, the environment, is the offensive line good? Are they seeing stacked or low boxes, not stacked boxes, but, um, you know, five-man boxes as opposed to six or even seven-man fronts? Are they seeing that? Are they, uh, it's the, how's the zone blocking versus power versus gap type running environment? How conducive is the talent at the running back position to that running style? How conducive is the, are the offensive linemen to that running style? How much volume, 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 volume. That is a huge, huge thing. And obviously very important contributing factor to whether a not a system will produce fantasy points or not. So I'll talk about that as well. I'll rank them. I'll go through the starters, the handcuffs, the third down slash passing down running backs, and six of the 32 teams, it brand new for 2023. I'm endorsing a tandem running back setup. What does tandem running backs mean? That means you can not only draft both players from a team, but you can start them. I pulled this son of a bitch off last year. I talked about it on the XM show. I'm sure I talked about it here on the podcast, wrote about it at Fantasy Guru. I told everybody what I was doing. 
and it worked magically. And it's fascin it was fascinating to me. Um, essentially what I did was it I won two championships with this exact strategy. Now I did it with the same team, and that was the Cleveland Browns. I essentially drafted Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. And I started both those motherfuckers every single week. And when before you say, oh, you didn't start Kareem Hunt at the end. Oh, you bet your sweet piping hot asshole I did. Oh, yes, I did. I started motherfucking Kareem Hunt to the bitter motherfucking end. And I won. I won. You know, whether it was a hedge, you can call it whatever you like. But the bottom line is I got so many fantasy points out of Nick Chubb that Kareem Hunt, didn't need to do that much. Now, Hunt had four touchdowns. He had 35 catches. Not that many running backs had 35 catches. He had 700 total yards. It wasn't that bad. He disappointed compared to what I thought he would do. However, I went with it, stayed to the very end with it, and it worked like motherfucking magic, right? And you know, there were other situations last year where this exact environment helped. I'll talk about that. And a team that I'm interested in that it didn't make the official tandem setup, but I that I'm sniffing around like my dog sniffing for the turkey whenever I'm making a sandwich. Also on today's show, I will give you the list of potential 2023 Mike Honcho. I will give you my list. I definitely have a strong lean on who I'm leaning toward. It's not an official guy. It's our player that we're adopting. If you weren't with us last year on the podcast or the XM show or on fantasyguru.com, I was so hot on a player. That player was Alan Lazard. We had we gave him a nickname because we don't want I have been through this. This is, by the way, year 36 for me. I keep saying it's 33 because I think I just stopped counting. 36th season of playing fantasy football, right? This is my 18th of doing this professionally and 14th technically on the air in a national environment. So I've done this a long time, almost as long as anybody in the world has done this. And at this point, I have no interest in getting attention for myself. I don't want to post bullshit on Twitter or fucking Instagram or anywhere else. I do my TikTok videos, the Jeff Mans. Go check them out. They're fun, lighthearted, but informative, I hope. But I don't give a shit. I want to help you. That is all I care about. And I want to help the elite mafia. I want to help fantasy guru subscribers. So the player we're going to do, we're going to run it back this year. Not with Alan Lazard. He's out, right? We won that battle. Drafted him at 47, at wide receiver 47. He was wide receiver 33. Injured in the beginning of the season, had a slow start, was really strong for us down the stretch, middle down the stretch, faded in the playoffs when Christian Watson went ham, especially those four games. But it was a win, and we're going to win again. But we're not going to call it. I don't want 
people, the more they hear us, me talk about a player, more they hear you talk about a player, more our friends, our family, our stupid freaking coworkers, that guy, Gene, from your office, motherfucking Gene, some bitch, Gene, fucking watch my shit, Gene, fuck you, Gene. Sorry if your name's Gene, by the way. We're not talking about you. I'm just using a complete weird name. Nevertheless, I don't want anybody else to know about them. I don't want them to know who we're targeting. I don't want them to. So we'll come up with a code name. I'll give you the list of players. And then you, if you guys want to come up with a code name, last year we used uh, a reference from Talladega Nights, Mike Concho. I posed Playgirl Magazine, Mike Concho. My wiener out. I, I spread my butt cheeks apart for Mike Concho. That was the great Mike Concho. Great name. Come up with a new one for this year. So a lot to get to here today. Let's dive into it real quick. News and notes around the National Football League. So what do I make of Saquon Barkley signing? Now, as of this recording, there is no deal for Josh Jacobs. He got in an aeroplane and departed Las Vegas. He's not reporting camp. Yada, yada, yada. But Saquon Barkley coming back for roughly a million dollars more. And I mean, there's no leverage. You just don't have leverage, man. There just isn't leverage. So Jacobs can stomp all he wants. Maybe he'll get a couple extra million dollars and sure, fine, fuck it. It's worth it. Maybe to him. Right? Maybe that's the case. But that's all he's going to get. It's not going to amount to much. Maybe he does get locked up for the foreseeable future. Maybe the Raiders do give him a two, two, three, or even a four-year deal under at a good price. Kind of doubt that's going to happen, but, you know, why not? If you're the Raiders, why not pay the guy? You, you know the market's low right now. One big season from a couple running backs and. If the Atlanta Falcons win the Super Bowl, the price for running backs will skyrocket this year. Just an FYI. I mean, that's the way it'll start. It's a copycat league. If the running backs lead you to championship, fucking San Francisco 49ers, they win a championship, price for running backs, sweet, skyrocket. Any of these teams, the Giants, any team led by a running back, the Browns and running backs are popular and excited again. If it's going to be backfield by committee like the Eagles and the Chiefs again, then, yeah, running backs will stay on the back burner. Other news, Kadarius Tony. I think that's a big change. It's a big change for me, at least, because I don't like Kadarius Tony. I just don't like players that don't play. I don't like players that don't practice, so on and so forth. I was willing to buy into Kadarius Tony because he's in Kansas City. Patrick Mahomes put up great numbers with Mahomes when he was healthy, was fucking critical for them in the Super Bowl. It, he's the number one receiver in Kansas City if he's healthy. Problem is the dude doesn't stay healthy. I was willing to take that chance in the ninth round. Okay, and I did in several drafts, including Scott Fishball, which I'll talk about in a minute. But now it just came down that Tony is had surgery on his knee. It's the second surgery on that same knee. That does change it. There, it's one thing 
to kind of, and I could say it on the podcast, they're fakes. I don't buy a lot of it. They're not really injured. Are you hurt or are you injured? Right? It's different. Everyone's busted up. Everyone's broken down. Everyone's body hurts. Nags, pains, cramps. Let's say your fucking hamstring hurts anytime you want. That's an easy freaking... Like saying your dog is sick. It's like easy excuse. You get out of it whatever you want. Oh. Or your cousin. Nobody knows your fucking cousin. Oh, my cousin. Sick. He fell down the stairs. I don't know. That's what some of these excuses are. If your cousin falls down the stairs, be more supportive than I'm showing. That was pretty rude of me. But you get what I'm saying. We're all adults. That's what I'm talking. So Kadarius Tony going under the knife, having a second surgery. You know what? Fuck him. I'm done. Like, I'm not put up. Dude, it's fucking July 20. What was it? The 5th, 25th that he fucking did that. The 24th. It was a Monday that he fuck you. Like, dude, you can't stay healthy for two fucking. Are you kidding? Are you kidding? Gee, the only problem with fading Kadarius Tony is he's going to be a pain in our fucking asses because obviously we want a piece of the Kansas City Chiefs receiving core. Obviously. Quite frankly, Kadarius Tony is this year's Lazard or very similar, right? He wasn't going to be because there's no way I was going to ever put us in that kind of harm's way. But he was the guy that's just going to come in and out and drive us fucking ape shit. That's what was going to happen. And it, it's, it'll still happen. He's going to play 8 to 10 games. And in those games, he's going to average probably 15, 16 fucking points. And it's going to drive us bananas because we all have invested in Rasheed Rice, maybe Sky Moore. Maybe Richie James, right? And it, it and Kadarius Tony will come in and screw us. Then he'll get hurt. We'll be like, thank God. And he'll be out a couple weeks and he'll come back and he'll be cursing again, so on and so forth. So on the XM show this week, or last week, if you're listening past the 28th of the, uh, the month, July 28th, over the weekend last week, I talked about I did an extensive breakdown on the Chiefs receivers, including Kelsey, where they line up, where they get targeted, where the com- target share, completion share, so on and so forth. And essentially, the one thing I found there is what we what we really want out of the Kansas City receivers is the player that will play the Z position. What the Z is. It is the player on the same side as the tight end. Okay. So that is what we want. The same side as the tight end. And so you have the X receiver who split out far wide. And that's going to be, I think Rasheed Rice is essentially going to be that guy. I don't know if they give it to him in year one, but that's what they're training him to be. And rightfully so, he's the only body they have. This year, it'll probably be Marquez Valdez-Scantling more than anything, though. And it's the other guy. The reason why we want that, it's the, by far, it's a 31% target share to the receiver that lines up on the same side as Kelsey. And the 
they rotated last year. It was supposed to be Nicole Hardman. That's why Nicole Hardman had such a good start to the season. His injury screwed them up quite a bit. But I think it's Sky Moore and Richie James. All right. And it's not fair to say, oh, it's the slot receiver. It's not the fucking slot receiver. Stop saying that. Slot receiver is fucking Travis Kelsey. Right. That's the, if you want to know who the slot receiver for the Kansas City Chiefs is, it's Travis Kelsey. You know what I mean? Like, that's just what it is because nobody lined up in the slot. Nobody ran more routes out of the slot last year than Travis Kelsey, 343 out of his 703. He only ran off the line of scrimmage 202 yards or 202 routes, I mean. Kelsey himself lined up at the Z 168 times, ran 168 routes, 58 times out of the X. All right. So the slot receiver is essentially Kelsey. Juju and Marquez Valdez-Scantling ran the same exact number of routes out of that slot, 271. All right. Out of the slot. Now, sometimes four wide receivers, they both had it fine. So, that's the spot that we're targeting. And when Hardman went down last year, that's when they actually went out and got Kadarius Tony because they tried Sky Moore, had a couple bad drops, couldn't do it. They messed around with Valdez Scantling. He ran actually, he had the most out of the Z last year in 196 routes run out of the Z. So. MBS was there, but he's a bigger body. He's a deeper player. The reason why they do this is essentially they make the safety or whoever's in coverage, if it's cover three, it could be a linebacker or a corner. They make that extra defensive back make a choice. Go to Kelsey or you know stay, stay home at their spot or get pick up the Z receiver. You know where they always go. It's fucking Kelsey, of course, and rightfully so. That leaves one-on-one coverage. Patrick Mahomes loves that, and that's why we're targeting it. So just understand the why, please. Like, I, I get it. You, I, I don't like my audience guessing. I don't like that. I know we have to do it sometimes, but that's what research is for. That's what my job here is for, is to help you. And by the way, at Jeff underscore man's on the thing that used to be named Twitter. Hit me up in Discord. There's topics. There's players you want me to sink my teeth into. Don't guess anymore. You know it. I know it. Right? It's our dirty secret. Nobody else realizes. But if somebody says, I love Richie James, why? You have no fucking idea. You know what you're going to say. You're going to tell your buddies or somebody's telling you they love Richie James. Who's the slot receiver? No, he's not. That's not fucking true. Don't say things that aren't true. Sky Moore could be this lot. Bella Scantling, Tony, fucking Rasheed Rice, and Justin Ross. Hell, why not? And they're all wrong. It's really Travis Kelsey. Fiddlesticks, folks. Absolute fiddlesticks. All right, so uh, that's some of the news items. Let's dive in. I'll, I'll give you my Scott Fishbowl draft as it unfurled here. Uh, Scott Fol- Fishbowl 13, I was one of the last leagues done, 22 rounds. For those that don't know, it's a great event. Uh, my friend, good friend, uh, Scott Fish, that um, 
not a good friend. We're, we're friends. He's a great guy. I like him more than he likes me probably, but I really like and respect Scott Fish and always will. Fantasycares.org, the place to go. It's a great charity. He does – There's a. it used to be just Toys for Tots, but they've raised so much money over the years that he gives money. This organization gives money to all needy families and people. And every needy situation our friends and colleagues do in fantasy sports or just the sporting world or wherever uh, Scott is on the case. And it's a great event. I love it. It's a fun draft. He does a great job setting up the league. There are thousands of participants all broken down to 12 team leagues. Now it's a unique league in that it's a two QB league. Well, it's a super flex. That means the super flex is where you can start any position, running back, receiver, wide receiver, tight end, or super flex. You could start a quarterback. Basically, it forces you to start two quarterbacks because quarterbacks are the most stable, most consistent, and highest point scorers. So, obviously, everybody wants two quarterbacks. But 12-team league, 24 starters, That you get to that 20 to 24 range in starting quarterbacks, that's kind of shitty. Makes you think, eh, maybe, eh, fuck it. If Jameer Gibbs is my running back three, or wouldn't it be better to start Gibbs over a shitty C.J. Stroud or somebody like that? Very possible. Very possible. But the other good thing about the Scott Fishbowl is it's a tight end premium league, so that puts a bigger emphasis on tight ends. Tight end premium means for every reception, a tight end gets he gets one and a half points so it's an extra half point per reception so yeah that's uh pretty significant it's a pretty big change and it what this format does is it puts a, an emphasis on all the cool positions running back it, it moves quarterbacks up it moves tight ends up it's also there's no no defenses no IDPs, no kickers, but you can use a kicker as a flex. And I think that's a really smart thing to do. Sometimes, you know, nice eight points from your kicker, very solid, very fun. I think that's a very cool thing. They also give points for first downs in this format. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's a lot of cool things with scoring format um, and – like for instance, for so in my in my world, I got the second pick, twelve team league, Scott Fishbowl, and for me it was a no doubter who was the number one pick. Now, based on what I just just described to you, one point PPR by the way, what who would you choose first? Would it be Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase? Jamar Chase, my number one board on a regular board. Would you go Mahomes or Josh Allen or your favorite quarterback? Would you consider Travis Kelsey? I considered Travis Kelsey, and I said yes to Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey was my number one pick. That's who the fuck I wanted. I didn't get him because the number one team took him. The number one team rode my freaking jock this entire draft. He's a fantasy guru subscriber. He's an elite, elite sports listener. And he's my new best friend because I love this guy because he drafted my freaking team and I love him for it. Made it a great challenge to me. But here, here's the thing about 
uh, Kelsey. So in that format, it's a point and a half per PPR. And it's also a full point for first downs. Do you know how many first downs Travis Kelsey had last year? It's 78. 78 first downs. <laughs> okay. Uh, to put that in perspective, Justin Jefferson, I think, at 82. And that was it. That was the se- and Kelsey was second in the entire league. So to be able to put up those kind of numbers and in this scoring format last year, Travis Kelsey had the, I think he had the third most total points of anybody. I mean, that includes the quarterbacks. Quarterbacks were one, two, uh, top three were actually quarterbacks. Allen, Mahomes, Hurts, then Kelsey. I mean, come on, man. Fucking insanity to have 562 points in a league format. Like, for instance, Travis Kelsey had 100 more points than Kirk Cousins in this format. So, yeah, I'm a little bitter I didn't get him. But second pick, I want Patrick Mahomes. It's a layup. Uh, Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen, definitely deserving of that. But give me Mahomes. I know I'm going to be putting up steady, solid points week in and week out. I know the yardage totals will be strong. And uh, that was a rather easy second pick. Now, the other thing they did in this draft was a third round reversal. I don't like third round reversal. Third round reversal was invented in the early 2000s because everybody was getting the running backs, the LaDainian Tomlinson's, the Portis, the Marshall Falks, the Sean Alexanders, and thus whoever that first pick had an immense advantage. Well, that doesn't exist anymore. So no reason to give the team with the last pick in the first round, the first pick in both the second and the third. That's bullshit. But again, it's a fun league. I just, I don't like that rule, but I don't give a shit. I'll do what I, Scott Fish said, Jeff, you have to, you know, draft with your dick out and slam it into a cheese grater. I'll be like, well, that's, you know, all right. All right, Scott, whatever. And now here's my donation because you're a good man. Um, so that was my first pick. The first round went Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen, Jamar Chase, fifth pick. Joe Burrow, six, Justin Herbert, seven, Christian McCaffrey, eight, Justin Fields, ninth, Justin Jefferson, 10th. I mean, that's a good Jefferson at the 10th. Damn. I had Eric Carable from uh, ESPN in my league. He, he's the one who got Jefferson. Tom Burrows uh, went Lamar Jackson with the 11th pick and the Cooper Cup to Ryan Nuna at the 12th spot. Ryan took Cooper Cup and Bijan Robinson back to back. That was a very popular thing to do in this format. If, you're going to tell me eight eight quarterbacks are off the board, then um, it makes the most sense to, I think seven were in my league, then just draft two of the top five overall running back receivers. I saw a lot of teams start out with Jefferson and Chase at the 12th pick. I would have absolutely done that. I didn't, I don't want to pick the eighth, ninth, 10th best quarterback just to get one when you're going to give me the best receiver, the best running back on the board. All right. So that's the way it went. Second round. Uh, I mentioned Jefferson went to oh no, no, Cooper cup went 12th. Bijan went first pick of the second, then Eckler, Kirk cousins thought way too early for me. Trevor Lawrence, 16th overall, Derek Henry, 17th, Mark Andrews, 18th, Jonathan Taylor, 19th, Dak Prescott, 20. And that's where I'm like, Fucking Dak Prescott, no thank you. CeeDee Lamb uh, went 21st. 
AJ Brown, 22nd. I wanted him. And then, uh, actually, no, I didn't because I got my guy. At 23rd overall, I wound up with Tyreek Hill in this format. I liked it. I will fully admit, though, I didn't realize it. This was the, my mistake. I didn't realize it was a third-round reversal. I thought that went the way of the dodo, and nobody did that anymore. NFFC does it. I love the NFFC. Love it. Don't think we should do it anymore. But I'll still happily play with a shit-eating grin on my face because I love everything else. I thought I was going to go Tyreek and come back with Tua Tungo Vailoa. That was my connection there. Okay. Um, no bueno. That did not happen. My other thought was that, okay, I will get a, uh, I was going to get Nick Chubb. Uh, otherwise, if and go with a elite level running back, possibly there as well. I was also considering, you know, I, I only had two picks as far as I knew that was going to be before me. And of course, then it reversed after Stefan Diggs went after me. Then it came back. Nick Chubb went off the board. Saquon Barkley, Devontae Adams, Kyle Pitts, Deshaun Watson, Amon Ross St. Brown. So I'm sitting there like, oh, yeah, I'm still going to get my guy. Garrett Wilson, right, with that seventh pick. Uh, or I'm sorry, yeah. Then Jalen Waddle with the eighth pick of the eighth of the third round. Josh Jacobs with the ninth pick. I'm cr- I'm fucking loving it because I am I have one pick left to go. And then Tua Tungo Vailoa goes. The pick before me. Fucked my shit up. I went TJ Hawkinson. I don't love that pick. I don't love that pick very much, but is what it is. And that was that. The other thing that I thought I wish I would have done because the guy in front of me had already taken Travis Kelsey. Well, I had another quarterback because two QB league, Russell Wilson, that I said, all right, I'll just get Russell Wilson. I'll take Hawkinson here and get Russell on the way back. That was absolutely fucking stupid. The other guy was not going to choose another tight end. And he took Najee Harris, then Russell Wilson. Left me with Daniel Jones as my second running back or quarterback. (sighs) That was a real bummer overall. So I made some mistakes. Right off that. But the good thing about the early rounds is you can really get away with mistakes because after all, starting out with the best quarterback in the world and Patrick Mahomes, one of the best wide receivers in Tyreek Hill, a high quality guy who could be a top 12 quarterback in fantasy, Daniel Jones. And for me, the second best tight end this season, the guy who's going to get a lot of single coverage. Thanks to Justin Jefferson, TJ Hawkinson. Okay, in a tight end premium league, I'm in a good, I'm okay. Not my ideal start, absolutely not. But I can work with this, all right? So that those were my first four picks. Come back around 59th overall. Um, the guy who I'm very super high on, nobody else seems to be. He's actually, he's really going late and... Talked about him this week on By the Numbers Week on Sirius XM. And he's currently going off the board as the, I think, wide receiver 16. And I got him off the board at wide receiver. Even in this league, I got him in the fifth round, 11th pick. Pick 59 overall, Debo Samuel. I love that. 
now all of a sudden you got I got Tyreek and this uh, this league also you start one running back or uh, sorry you super flex two quarterbacks you can start anywhere from two to six running backs three to seven wide receivers one to five tight ends that's it it's just flat or and kickers you basically have to start one tight end three receivers two running backs and then there are four flex spots in addition five if you count the super flex so very you know a lot of different ways to build a team and i love that so i got debo in the fifth round came back got miles sanders in the sixth i like miles sanders a great deal in carolina i really do and at that point that was my he's my first running back my lead running back if you will but i also knew there were a bunch of other good runners on the board and plenty of depth there. This is sort of the range that I like. And truth be told, my decision in that sixth round, actually with the fifth and sixth round being so close, two of the four picks, I was going, I was thinking of double tapping running back. If Debo wasn't there, there wasn't another wide receiver that I was high enough on to justify making the pick. So I would have gone with my next two running backs who are Miles Sanders and Damian Pierce of the Houston Texans. All right. So that's the direction I would have gone and was thinking about going. Well, um, the good news is when it came back around to me, pick 83 in the seventh round, Damian Pierce was still on the board. That is a big fucking win for me. Big win. Now I got two surefire feature backs that was unexpected that pick alone really ties up my draft quite a bit for instance if on fantasyguru.com miles sanders is my rb14 and pierce is 16 okay so i didn't get a top 12 running back on my board which does kind of suck because I, you know, ideally you get top 12, get your second guy 13 through 24, so on and so forth. But having two of the top 16 helps negate that. What else helps negate that is I got high level production out of my two quarterbacks. And I started out with Tyree Kill, my wide receiver four, and Debo Samuel, my wide receiver 12. So I have two, the top two wide receivers are number one wide receivers on my board. So, we're getting things done. We're rolling. Took Damian Pierce in the seventh, came back with Terry McLaurin in, in the eighth. Another s- situation where I am just love Terry McLaurin. It's a constant producer. I know it's a new quarterback in Sam Howell. Maybe, maybe we get the, uh, um, we, we get Jacoby Brissett starting there. But McLaurin is no stranger to shitty quarterback play. And all the dude does is produce, just constantly produces. And Terry McLaurin as my number three wide receiver is absolutely fantastic. McLaurin only has five touchdowns each. He he has four years in the league, very Michael Mike Evans-esque. He has 919 yards, 1118, 1053, 1191. Now, his touchdowns the last three years, five, five, and four. I think there's progression from the tight, the touchdown standpoint for him, right? Plays through pain, plays through nagging injuries, 
McLaurin as a three, I felt put me in a real strong spot. Now my receivers are set every single week. I never have to even think about replacing them unless I'm in, unless they're on the bye, of course. So I feel good. That was the eighth round. Come back around in the ninth round, 11th pick, pick 107 overall. Running backs at this point, I was hoping to grab a a guy like uh, Brian Robinson or Isaiah Pacheco. They went earlier in that round. I was happy to get A.J. Dillon. Obviously, I'm not overly thrilled. Miles Sanders and Damian Pierce both have risk. That's true. I like Dylan AJ Dillon quite a bit. Again, he's wide or running back 24 on my board. Uh, it's one of the backfields. I'll I have the Packers as the sixth most important, most uh profitable backfield for running backs in fantasy football this season. So AJ Dillon is obviously a, a player that I greatly like given where he's going. And when you consider that he ends up being my ninth pick in, in slot 107, like that's huge, huge equity that I'm going to have there. And a nice third guy that I, the Packers are going to lean on that running game. Aaron Jones. I tried to get Aaron Jones earlier before Miles Sanders, but he was again taken right before that pick. So usurped on a couple. My 10th round pick now looks like shit but it's Kadarius Tony. At this point, I felt I can make that plunge. I could take the Tony plunge because I had my three every week wide receivers. I, I pair him with Patrick Mahomes. All right. And quite honestly, I still am glad I have Kadarius Tony at this point. I know he'd go much later in this draft. I took him probably a round or two, too early anyway but that was something i was prepared to do but if i wouldn't have had the depth at wide receiver that i had i wouldn't have been able to make that selection so get Kadarius tony in the 10th come back around in the 11th round i did add another running back that's a backfield that i have ranked i think um where are they trying to look oh i'm 19th as far as backfields are concerned right now, I think it's going to get a lot better possibly if they were to sign a guy like Dalvin Cook, but it's the Miami Dolphins. But I took Devon A-Chain. Devon A-Chain, there are 80 targets to divide up amongst the running backs in Miami. There is no fucking way, no way that the Dolphins didn't have a first-round pick this year, that they go and, and bring in a diminutive running back in the third round unless they plan to use him. He's small. He's small, but he's strong. He's not strong. He's just super fucking fast. When you have Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle, and then you put A-Chain, A-Chain is going to play a lot more than people realize. It's a great offensive line. Armstead, Eichenberg, Connor Williams, Austin Jackson. It's a good offensive line. You've got safeties have to be legit. You can't play tight boxes against them. No fucking way. A-Chain is going to be a sneaky top 30, probably top 24 running back if Dalvin Cook doesn't sign. So another little bit of a risk. In the 12th round, I took Ryan Tannehill. Now that was be I took him before DeAndre Hopkins signed, 
I needed, I wanted a third quarterback. They were being gobbled up, obviously, in this format. I want a third guy that I could count on instead of having to go to the waiver. Because the thing we learned about super flex leagues is, let's say, a guy like Mike White, Jacoby Brissett, they were all drafted. So backup quarterbacks are even drafted in this. Getting that third guy you know will lock, you know you're good at the quarterback position, I think is a smart move. It also helped take my opponents away from going, you know, from going and getting a Will Levis, right? Nobody drafted Will Levis. And because I draft Tannehill, if somebody would have taken Tannehill or maybe Levis goes off the board. So I still have that option because will Tannehill make it all year? But also, I mean, shit, I really love that pick. One of my favorite picks now of this draft because I was able to, or because the Titans signed DeAndre Hopkins. So, and they all have different bye weeks so that I could, you know, Mahomes, Daniel Jones, Tannehill. So I, I can mix and match. I'm never going to be that in the weeds with it. All right. So uh, Tannehill was my 12th round pick. 13th round, I got the number one wide receiver on the Green Bay Packers, Romeo Dubs. That's some, another reason. I You probably don't like A-Chain and Tannehill, my 11th and 12th pick. You may not have liked A.J. Dillon even in my ninth round pick or Tony. But the reason I did it is the receiver depth here was immense. There were so many wide receivers, quality ones, that I knew I could come back and be very happy Romeo Dubs is the number one receiver on the Packers or he's not as big a play guy as Watson, but remember I went through all the numbers, Christian Watson's numbers when Romeo Dubs was healthy. The four weeks where seven, where Christian Watson scored 70% of his fantasy points, Romeo Dubs didn't play those weeks. Even just Dubs on the field, even after Watson broke out, Dubs outscored him in, in uh, six of the nine games they played together. And now you have a different quarterback too. So for my money, I have Romeo Dubs just outside wide receiver range, wide receiver three range, number 37. I have Christian Watson 30th. It's a lot closer than anybody realizes. So I'm very happy with that. And I came back, hit the another, another wide receiver, took a chance on Odell Beckham. In Baltimore, I'm going to throw more. I think Beckham profiles is the number one there. Oh, Zay Jones. Zay jo- Nobody else is practicing. Beckham's not practicing. Baton's not practicing. Fuck everybody. Zay Jones, best receiver on the field. Because nobody else was there. Stupid fucking news cycle. Good God. But um, so I took a shot. 14th round, Odell Beckham. Felt good about that. Came back in the 15th round. I got Paris Campbell. I It was between Beckham and Campbell for me. I, this is where I love this, these traps. For instance, I have Odell Beckham 39th in my wide receiver rankings and Paris Campbell got 42nd. And I was able to get these guys like 24 picks apart, 23 picks apart. I love every second of that. Came back, got Rasheed Rice, handcuffed for Kadarius Tony. I love Rasheed Rice. I thought he was one of the best receivers in this draft. I think that the Chiefs took him for a reason. The the ownership there, SMU, he's big, he's strong. Remember, and not that it matters, but if you're looking for positive news from Rasheed Rice, and I drafted him before this, but he won the, um, what do they call it, the cardio 
part of the endurance test of the Kansas City Chiefs. Every every most teams have this now. They test all their players on fitness. And Rasheed Rice won number one out of what ninety or one hundred eight, I think, players at Kansas City training camp. You think a rookie winning that doesn't excite a guy like Andy Reid? Bet your asshole it does. So he was my sixteenth pick there. Uh, Kate Otten in the 17th round. It's just the second tight end, man. Tight ends flew off the board. I really wanted a better second tight end. I really wanted Dalton Schultz. Sons of bitch took Dalton Schultz super freaking early. Like in this draft, they have an ADP and Dalton Schultz was going in like the 13th round. And in my draft, I think he went in the eighth. It was just like crazy early. And because that that was my thing. When I went Hawkinson, I was going to come back around that round 10 to 12 range and grab Dalton Schultz, who I love in Houston. But tight ends just got played up. So Otten, I hate that pick, but I did it. Zach Evans of the Rams, my 18th round selection. Israel Abanakanda in the 19th round. Chase Edmonds in the 20th round. Ta- Taekwon Thornton, who I actually liked a lot, 21st round, and then Josh Kelly running back from the Chargers. Now, why did I draft so many running backs? I drafted so many running backs because there are tons of quality wide receivers still on the free agent wire that never got drafted. There's no tight ends worth it. All the quarterbacks have been picked over. So I just loaded up on backup running backs, hoping that between now and then I get some positive luck and, you know, Austin Eckler is holding out. He's pissed. It was tough between Kelly and Spiller, to be honest with you. I'm an Isaiah Spiller guy. I think he'll win the job. I took Kelly just as a placeholder right now because if Spiller wins the job, I'll drop him for Spiller, of course. All right. And then Chase Edmonds will be a pass catching back for Tampa Bay. Nobody seems to realize that. Abanacanda, I love a lot. He's going to be the handcuff to Brees Hall, who's already proven to be injury prone there. Zach Evans, I think, could win the job for week one over Cam Akers. So I like my guys. That's my entire team. Tell me what you think at Jeff underscore Mans on Twitter, the Jeff Mans on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and TikTok, everywhere else. All right, I'll move it along. I spent a long time in the draft. You knew I figured that I would. Let's get to the running back grid exclusively at fantasyguru.com. What this grid is, it's a ranking of all 32 NFL teams by way of their backfield, just the expected points, if you will, from each backfield. Then I have the starter, the handcuff, and then the third down or passing down back, however you want to describe it. And it's all color. It's ranked and it's color coded, locked into their role, caution with their role. They're they're the leader in the clubhouse kind of thing, or it's an unstable, volatile situation, which is in red. If there are injury concerns, those are in pink. Off the field issues, guys like J.K. Dobbins, and Jacobs, and Kamara, that's in gray. And then the brand new feature just for 2023, tandem backfields. Now, that those are in gold. The ones that are in gold are the backfields where you can get away taking both the starter and the handcuff and using them both every week. Okay. So let's start out with the tandem backfield. I've explained this before. I'll do it again. 
here are the six teams that are tandem backfield. My favorite is Green Bay. I told you I drafted A.J. Dillon. Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon are the backbone of this offense. Everyone needs to understand that. This was already a very high-volume running team in Green Bay. They ran a lot. They ran when they were good. They ran when they were mediocre. Uh, 16th in rush attempts a year ago. But when they get leads and things, they run the ball. And then furthermore, when they throw to the backfields an absolute ton, they throw to Aaron Jones, they throw to A.J. Dillon. Right, Aaron, those Dillon and Jones combined for 115 targets last year. 87 catches, I think it was. Now the yardage is kind of dog shit, like 600, 601. Five touchdowns, though, all from Aaron Jones. But the volume, and that's with Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers loves the deep ball. He likes to go deep a little bit. Not a little bit. He likes to go deep. Right? He'll throw deep. But that number will go up with Jordan Love. So that's my favorite tandem backfield. I think the other one we definitely, my second favorite, I'll say, is the Denver Broncos. Now, Javante Williams is exciting as hell. The fact that he didn't go on pup list is pretty downright amazing, kind of surprising, but I feel I've everything they've said has been he's on track to play in week one. We're not really going to see him before that. We're not going to see him. He'll participate in activities at camp. He'll do drills and all that. He's not going to be playing in preseason games. Okay. Samaji P. Ryan will be all over the place. And I think P. Ryan, that backfield, Sean Payton's backfield, I did this on the show, over the last century, well, 15 years. So for here's some numbers to chew on for the Denver Broncos backfield. This is their averages. And in nine of the 15 seasons, Sean Payton has used tandem backfield back in 06, which I think the 06 Saints and the 2023 Broncos have a ton of similarities. I, I really do. Go listen to the Binging the Broncos podcast a few episodes ago. But Deuce McAllister, Reggie Bush. Following year is Reggie Bush, Aaron Stecker. Following year, Bush gets hurt. But Deuce McAllister, Pierre Thomas. Then it was Pierre Thomas and Mike Bell after that. And then the final four years, it was Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram. Well, two years, it was Alvin Kamara and Latavius Murray, but it was Ingram and Kamara in 2018-2021 as well. So the final numbers, an average season for the Saints' backfield, 1,500 rushing yards, 13 rushing touchdowns per season. That is insane. The rushing yards, not very good. It would have been 23rd this year. But 13 rushing touchdowns out of a backfield, very good, would have been fourth this season. And over the last 15 seasons, it would have been second, the most backfield. The targets, 141 targets, 111 receptions, 785 receiving yards, four and a half receiving touchdowns, 453 fantasy points. There's been 42 running backs in 15 years. Do you know what the average fantasy points per season amongst 42 running backs? Again, there was a bunch of years they used four, 162, 162 fantasy points. Before you shit all over that, because 162 fantasy points isn't 
a ton. But it was, well, it was Damian Pierce, Antonio Gibson last year. It was Tyler Algier, more than Tyler Algier in 16 games. Pierce only played 13, so cool your Jets. That's that's per running back. If we amp that up when it's just a two-back system, 225 fantasy points per game, that's Najee Harris. I'm sorry, that's Jamal Williams from last year. Leonard Fournette, Najee Harris, Jamal Williams, all right there. They've had four times they've had two top 10 fantasy running backs on the same team. It wouldn't surprise me if this year it happened again. My third favorite, Detroit Lions. David Montgomery is going to be heavily involved, but they have to showcase Jameer Gibbs. So I think there's good. The problem with both of those players is, is it short yardage? Like we saw Jamal Williams do. That will be a lot of Montgomery. Will it be pass catcher? Will it be Gibbs? Can Gibbs stay healthy? Drafting him and using both of them. I think you get both. Gibbs is a little expensive, but Montgomery makes it affordable. The Saints. Jamal Williams and Alvin Kamara, while he's there, we don't know what the suspension's going to be. Jamal Williams and Kendra Miller, when Kamara is suspended. I think that's a... It's a backfield, P. Carmichael, very much similar system to what they ran with Sean Payton, a lesser version, but I think that's a nice cheap one as well. Brian Robinson, Antonio Gibson, Washington Commanders, another backfield committee that's super-duper cheap. Probably not the one you want to start every single week. This is one that you can get, let's say you kind of, your number one running back this season is like a, um, you, you, you kind of did what I did in the Scott Fishbowl and it's Jameer Gibbs or it's Travis Etienne or somebody like that, that you're a eh, little worried about. Maybe it's Aaron Jones or Mixon who I'm not worried about, but then you could use those two guys, Gibson and Brian Robinson as your other running back in a flex. And then the other one is the chiefs Pacheco and McKinnon. McKinnon is going to catch more balls. I think that Pacheco is going to start to pull away. McKinnon's up there in age. We'll never get those nine touchdowns that he did a year ago. But McKinnon will have some games, and that's one you could also sneakily draft and have probably best as RB2 flex situation there as well. So what are the rankings? What are the best backfields? The the most fruitful backfields in, in fantasy football. Cleveland Browns are one by a mile. This is a great running. That's why Jerome Ford is a great handcuff for Nick Chubb. Atlanta Falcons, two. Philadelphia Eagles, three. Denver fucking Broncos at four. San Francisco 49ers, five. It's Everyone wants to be the Kyle Shanahan offense. But I do worry a little bit. They've lost four-fifths of their offense line over the last two years. Only Trent Williams, who's aging up, too. Green Bay Packers, sixth. Cincinnati Bengals, seventh. Detroit Lions, eighth. Buffalo Bills, ninth. Pittsburgh Steelers, tenth. Steelers improved their offense line. Ciamolo on the um, uh, at left guard. He's from the Philadelphia Eagles was great run blocker one season ago. And then first round pick Broderick Jones as well. First round pick. That's an entirely new left side. They brought in James Daniels to play right guard last year. So all of a sudden, Okafor, LaRaven, Clark, you got some uh, Nate Herbig. You've got depth 
Kevin Dotson on this offensive line in Pittsburgh, and they run the hell out of the ball and they throw to the running backs. The bottom 10, Tampa Bay's the worst. The offensive line's destroyed. They have no quarterback. We have no idea if they're going to check down or not. The checkdowns are thousand percent going to regress without Brady there. And you don't know who the fuck is anybody. Rashid Rashad White. Uh, I have no interest in Rashad White. I took AJ. I have AJ Dillon ahead of Rashad White, and I'm emphatic about it. I'm absolute about it. Chase Edmonds, super duper late running back right there for you. I mean, he's only 27 years old. Good pass catcher. The Rams, 31st. Cardinals, 30th. Giants, 29th. If Saquon Barkley were to hold out, I know it's over now. Holy sheep shit. I I like, remember, Brian DeBall's from Buffalo. Buffalo's not great themselves. They score a lot. They score a lot. That helps add them. But that was when DeBall was there, like the Bills were ninth this year. Um, Naheem Hines going down helps James Cook in that regard. But the ball's just not a running back guy. That was the most usage anybody's ever had. And they got a lot, but it also his production faded down the stretch. The Vikings at 28, Jaguars 27, Chiefs 26, Raiders 25. Baltimore Ravens 24 Ravens used to be a top five every single year with Greg Roman. It's sad to see them down at 24 and the Seahawks at 23 are the bottom 10. You can get the, the rest of them exclusively at fantasyguru.com. Everybody get the rankings, get the handcuffs, all of the updates as well for you right there at fantasyguru.com. So let's talk about this year's Mike Honcho. Everybody's asking me, who's it going to be? Who's it going to be? What about Honcho? Who's the new Honcho? One, number one, I, I need a good name for him. Who shall be our disguised name? Movies are good. Songs are good. TV shows. Right? Who's going to be that guy? Well, I'll give you the list. Here's the one that I want it to be. Here's the player that I want. And there's a, I'm maybe, I may look dumb. I may talk dumb, but I'm not dumb. I, I know timing and I couldn't announce this before because the player I want it to be is Javante Williams. That is who I want it to be. The problem, obviously coming back from an ACL tear. Obviously, the history of ACL tears aren't aren't great, but there's been some bangers. Jamal Charles came back better than ever. Adrian Peterson came back better than ever. We're younger running backs have a much better history at post-ACL tears than, than older running backs. So that is it. He's in a tremendous situation in Denver, as you know. I mean, if Javante Williams was out, I could just say it's fucking Samaji P. Ryan and we just roll. I don't give a shit who it is. But he's in. He's the guy I want it to be. But now we have a, the opposite problem. Javante Williams, ADP from July 1st through, I'm sorry, well, January 1st through July 
22nd was super duper low. Uh, I can't even find it. It was in the ninth round, roughly. He was running back 29 with a 91.7 ADP, which is the eighth round. Okay. He didn't go on the pup list. It was announced three days or two days before I'm recording this. So now it's been a week. In the two days since that pup list thing, Javante's gone from RB29 to RB22. And it's not a monumental leap, but he's also gone from 91 to 68 in draft status, which is from the eighth round to the sixth round. And I've got a feeling he's going to move up even more. That's that's the problem here is I'm not sure where Javante settles at. You know what I'm saying? I would be totally comfortable if Javante was on the pup list right now. I would be more comfortable with him on the pup list. Everyone forgetting about him. And once he was on there, he would sink from the eighth round to probably the ninth or 10th round. And that's exactly the risk I want to take on a guy who's a fucking league winning home run. That's what I, that's what I would like. That hasn't happened. And now the market's starting to catch up. I am fine with Javante in the sixth. He's still a must play must get when we get to the fifth. He's a draft guy, two draft guy. We go any higher than the fifth round, and it becomes yellow, borderline, and red. I can't. Now, all of a sudden, the risk is just too much. So that's why I haven't anointed him yet. The other players, though, because here's the thing. The market, when Javante moves up, somebody's got to move down. And the guy who moved down, who moved from 20 three to now 27 and ADP the last couple of days is Damian Pierce. I uncovered that thing with the Chris Strausser, the offensive line coach of the Houston Texans outside zone scheme, using the tackles for leverage in both the pass and run game. I think it's going to be great for Damian Pierce. Second highest attempts per broken tackle last season. I happy, I happily slap the tag on to Damian Pierce because I think he's a league winner type as well. Miles Sanders is in the team, is in the running here as well. Nobody seems, everyone thinks it's Miles Sanders from the Eagles. This doesn't work like that, folks. This is, this is a gold mine. I, I Carolina Panthers had 340 f- fantasy points from running backs last year. Only six games of that was Christian McCaffrey. All right. That would have been running back three in fantasy football last year. So, and now they've got Frank Reich and Thomas Brown and Deuce Staley and all these great coaches and a good scheme for running backs that produced the most fantasy points in the world two years ago in Indianapolis and Frank Reich was there. Boy, and there's nobody to compete with him to get the ball. So I love Miles Sanders. I feel like it's going to be a running back this year. It's one of those three guys, Romeo dubs, Cortland Sutton. They're also in the running. I think Sutton's being completely and utterly disrespected too, but I don't know if we're going, we can't. Yeah. I don't know. One Bronco to the next. I, 
I like Sutton. He he's in the pool. Romeo Dubs, as I mentioned, he's. But I don't really want to go back to a Packer wide receiver. Maybe it's just every year we're going to do a Packers wide receiver. I I could see that, but I feel like it's going to be one of those three running backs. So, folks, here's what I need from the one man's opinion listeners. Keep this on the down low. This is our thing. Fuck the world. Fuck the free world, as Eminem would say, from 8 Mile. Right? No such thing as halfway crooks. This is for us. What do you think? Tell me what which one of these players you like. Which one you think should be our all-in target. Javante Williams, Damian Pierce, Miles Sanders. We won't do it until we get into August. Firmly in the August, we'll anoint it. And then I need a name for the player. I've got ideas for the names, but you guys are smarter than me and more creative than me. And this is our player. This is the one we are investing in. All right. And that's what I want to hear from you. HF underscore mans. Ideally, let's talk about it in the Fantasy Guru Discord. If you're not a subscriber, come on, man. If you're not a subscriber... Will you please email us support at fantasyguru.com and like, is it a price thing? Is it, I don't pay for fantasy advice thing, whatever it is, like whatever that is, like, let us know what, you know, what the holdup is or what we can do to earn your business, shit like that. Right. So, cause you know, we want to know, cause we've built a great community there. We really would like you to join it and be a part of it as well. But like we we always can help people with prices, and we know how expensive fucking gas, groceries, every freaking thing in the world is this year. So um, that's the story. That's it. Episode one sixty six. Man, going over the time again. But you know, I love talking. A little over an hour. Thank you for coming out. Remember the twenty twenty three fantasy football draft guide at fantasyguru.com. folks. Check out my boys at drafters.com. If you're not if you haven't practiced drafting yet, get into the best ball tournaments. Drafters.com has a $20 entry, $2 million total prize, $300,000 for the top prize contest. This motherfucker isn't even 10% full yet. I think it might have hit 10%. Okay. Temp, yeah, it's uh, 15000 out of 111000 that means there's going to be overlay. That means your chances to win are skyrocketing. This is a great contest. If you use the promo code GURU2023, you get your full-on deposit bonus. Put $100 in, get $100 bonus. That's fucking 10 entries on, right? Yeah, the math's right. 10 entry, or that's, yeah, 10 entries into the, uh drafters million part two best ball championship get over there draft against us leap mafia our subscribers at fantasy guru have won this two years in a row it was a fifty thousand dollar prize the first year's a hundred thousand dollars last year two i think it's it's three hundred thousand dollars at the top prize second place is 150 third prize a hundred thousand dollars best chances to win in the freaking world so get in there Make a deposit, play in the best ball championship. I'm going to be grinding entries from now throughout the rest of the season and uh, until the preseason. Remember, best ball, you don't have to set a lineup. You don't do roster moves. All you do is the draft. That's it. It's great practice for your home leagues. It's great practice for your high stakes leagues. It gives you a chance to actually win a ton of money on the side. 
It's something to follow. They choose the best lineup for you every single week. So get over there. And I know we talk about underdog and we've talked about DraftKings and other best ball competitions. You will not, you don't have a better chance to win money than on drafters. And we've been playing on drafters for the last few years. Everything's credible. Everything's on the up and up. We know the dudes who run it. They're good people. They're reputable. Payouts are on time. Shit, man. This is the best contest you have in terms of chances to win for reasonable amount of money. So check it out. Guru 2023 is the promo code to get your deposit bonus in there. Also a uh, reload guru reload. If you already play on drafters and you want to deposit bonus, they're doing that too. Guru reload, dude. So like they're going to give you a bonus for another deposit. It's fucking crazy. They net nobody. Nobody does that anymore. Drafters.com. D-R-A-F-T-E-R-S.com. I will see you there in the lobby. I will see you next time. Thank you for coming out. Thank you for listening, tuning, liking, favoriting, downloading, subscribing, commenting. It all means the world to me. You may disagree with some or everything you heard on today's show is perfectly okay by me, folks. Why? You know why it is. This is just one man's opinion. See you next time, everybody. Do so.